your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to uh, Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Yes, it's Wednesday, Lacrosse Talk PM. Mayor Tim Cabot in studio with us. No, wait, nobody's in the studio. Oh, wait, Grant's in the studio. Uh, social distancing. Mayor Tim Cabot in one place, Grant Bills. You'll see him on the Facebook Live video. He's in the studio, and I'm quarantined in the back of the building somewhere. How's it going, Mayor? Great, great. How are you doing, Ray? I'm doing all right. Uh, you made your Fox News debut yesterday, or had you been on before? Was that yesterday? Maybe it was two days ago. I think it was yesterday. <laughs> the days all kind of seemed like they merged into one, but yeah, there was uh, interest, obviously, in the election and so uh, i was able to do an interview uh, yesterday to talk about kind of just the especially the wild day that was yesterday with uh court rulings and and everything that uh impacted our, our local election but i'm proud to say of just what a great job our local folks did in carrying out a very safe and uh fair and accessible election for everybody yeah i tried to get by the police at the recreational eagle center just to take some pictures and they were like oh oh it was pretty funny um i wasn't really trying to get by them but uh um yeah so uh do do you have any idea at all about voter turnout yesterday i know those numbers won't be released till monday or whatever but i don't i don't know do you have some kind of like can you gauge that at all well they did have a report earlier today that the voter turnout for this primary was higher than the turnout in 2012. I think they had indicated around 29,000 uh, votes, uh, and this is for the whole county. Uh, but, but they'll obviously have updated uh, figures here as uh, they go through all of those absentee ballots. But it was, it was good turnout. I believe 41% is what the number that I saw. Okay, is that a, is that a, a report that everyone could see or just the mayor and, and certain people? No, no, it was, I believe it was either on the uh, lacrosse, one, one of the other media, whether it was the Tribune or the TV stations had reported that. Okay. Um, so was there any hiccups at all yesterday? Did you, did you find any problems with, it, with anything that went down yesterday? Not that I've heard. Uh, we'll have, obviously, some follow-up with our clerk and with uh, the, the folks that uh, put, put it all together. But, no, I heard from them yesterday, kind of throughout the day, and did some status checks that things were going pretty well, all things considered. Yeah, and, and uh, I think it was the, the day before, I th- Sunday, right? Sunday, you and, uh, was it nine other mayors or ten other mayors? I, I, I thought it was ten, uh, had had written a letter to, to the state, to the DHS secretary, to, to do what Governor Evers tried to do uh, Monday morning, was, was postpone in-person voting. Um, how did that come right. about? Can you just talk about that a little bit? Well, over the weekend, as uh, you know, the situation uh, was unfolding very quickly. Uh, there were communications going on amongst the various uh, municipalities, and uh, you know, we just trying to keep people, you know, safe and knowing that the vote was already going on. Um, the the idea of doing basically one last ditch effort to try to stop in-person voting so that we could keep people safe from from the virus uh, came together. And, you know, it was very similar to what happened in Ohio, where I believe it was the state's health secretary in Ohio that ultimately decided 
uh, not to allow in-person voting because of the COVID-19. Uh, here, of course, uh, the governor issued the order and then the Supreme Court, you know, quickly struck that down. And I, I found it interesting that they used really his own words against him because he had, you know, said earlier, uh, or I guess it was last week, that he didn't have the authority to do that. So that's why we were reaching out to the health secretary because we really felt like because this is a public health crisis that the health secretary would have the ability to try to prevent uh uh, you know, further exposure and spreading of the disease. But yeah. ultimately that was all decided, and, and now we had an election and, and were able to, you know, pull it, pull it together and, and did a great job, I think. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot on the phone with us. We're going to break for news, but Tim, is are you uh, chopping carrots in the background? Is that what you're doing, getting supper prepared? That, that could be. I, that was my actually my dog drinking out of his water bowl, so he's kind of loud. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's great. All right. Let's, uh, Grant, let's break for news and then we'll come back and, and get, get, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do, I got a whole list of things, Mayor, to talk about. So we'll get back to, to you after the news here. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here with Mayor Tim Cabot, 608 785 7914, the Sugarloaf Ford talk and text line. I've got a one really long text that I'm going to have to read later, and then and maybe I'll get back to it if I don't forget. Uh, we were just talking about the election yesterday and and everything that happened. Um, a couple of people called yesterday and Tim and said, "Hey, you know, everything was fine. There wasn't a lot of people." And, and I understand. I don't know. Could you just could you relate how, of course, you know, places like Alaska and and Lacrosse are are going to be a lot different than places like Madison and Milwaukee, and and just that. You know, it's it, it it's it's just a matter of how many people are going to the ballot, right? Well, right, and I think the the idea of really, uh, in retrospect, of course, this we would have liked to have had a solution weeks ago from the state level to uh, do what many other states have done across the country, which was to either postpone the election to a later date or to go to a mail-in ballot, so everybody would get a, a ballot mailed to them, all registered voters, and then they would uh, fill it out and, and submit that. That's what other states have done, and that's what we were hoping to accomplish, but uh, that did not happen, you know, all along, even with all of the, the governor's orders and, and court decisions and lawsuits, we've been, and I'm sure all of the other local clerks were as well, they were preparing, you know, for that election to take place. So, uh, they were not necessarily following every uh, every decision as it was happening, but they were really uh, looking for the the best plan to keep people safe. And ultimately, when the you know the court decided to move forward with that election, uh, most most were prepared. I can understand in some places where they had drastically reduced the number of poll locations because of the, the lack of poll workers. That you know that caused lines and 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 might have even kept people from showing up to the uh, to vote, which, you know, that's not what anybody wants. So I, I can understand. I mean, there, there's going to be a, a number of lawsuits, obviously, after April 13th, once once the uh, the votes and, and how the uh, the election turned out, there'll be a lot of lawsuits about that, which is which is really too bad. But, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the nature of just how divided, you know, people are, even, even during this pandemic when it comes down to these elections and, and those decisions. Now, I, I went to the rec center, like I said, the Recreational Eagle Center yesterday, just to kind of check out how things were going. 
a lot of a lot of poll workers had uh, plexiglass. Were you among uh, the workers? You know, nailing plexiglass together over the weekend to get these up for for the for the the, the booths. I, I was not, but we had a, a great crew that uh, had been working on on those plans and, and implementing those plans over the course of the last couple of weeks. So uh, I, I also. Uh, uh, looked at or went to a couple of the poll locations just to see how things were working and how they had set it up. And I was impressed with uh, the, the whole notion that you really didn't have to touch anything except for the pen and the ballot. And other than that, you know, hand-washing stations and sanitizing uh, before entering the, the polling location and then getting your ballot and then exiting. And so... Again, I, it was well thought out and well executed, and I could not be more proud of the people here, really in this whole area, that did just such a phenomenal job uh, with, again, just the, the, super, the, the super challenges that they had to deal with. Um, as the mayor, Mayor Tim Cabot on with us, as the mayor and this whole pandemic going on and obviously the everything with the vote going on, did you have any time to binge any TV over the weekend? Me and Grant talked about what we were binging on Friday. Just wondering if you even have time for that oh. this last weekend. Well, I did. I did get a chance to uh, uh, watch Ozark, uh, the, the most recent season there. So uh, that was uh, quite entertaining. But other than that, it was. It's been just a lot of uh, emails and trying to catch up with the amount of uh, communication that seems. You know, it's really been an uptick not only from citizens with concerns, but just really trying to make sure we've got our emergency plans uh, working the way that they're supposed to. Yeah. Is there, do you have like a, the, here's the biggest thing on the table right now that we have to get done or we're planning ahead for, or we're working on, do you have just like a, a biggest thing or a, a couple of things that, that you're, you're just looking forward, not looking forward to, but looking ahead to and, and just getting ready for anything like that. That's pretty broad yeah, we, question. Uh, well, we do, we, we have a, a plan, an emergency plan that's updated on a daily basis based on the information and what we learn and gather from the county health department and from our emergency responders and, and really uh, trying to keep our operations, our, our regular, you know, critical city operations functioning. So every day we, we update that. And as, as you can imagine, it's the, you know, the focus really is on trying to prevent the spread of the COVID-19. It's to look at acquiring the personal protective equipment for our first responders uh, you know, over the course of the next couple of weeks, it's trying to anticipate when that surge is going to hit the La Crosse area and working, you know, in close coordination with the county health department and with our health care providers to, uh, to try to work on those plans and make sure that whether it's personnel or equipment or facilities, just, you know, whatever it might take, uh, that we've, we've got those plans in place. You know, probably a week ago, we were and, and we're still paying attention to the river levels, but it looks like the river levels are not going to be perhaps as high as what they were forecasting a couple weeks ago. So that was also part of the mix that we were trying to anticipate. And then the other big part that we're, you know, focusing on, uh, focusing on is the recovery. So once we are, you know, through this, uh, just what we need to be doing with our citizens and our businesses to get back to uh, some, you know, some sense of normalcy, some recovery, and that's going to take, a huge effort because obviously there's a lot of people out of work right now. Our businesses are, you know, uh, just a, a massive negative impact going on, and, and we're all feeling that. So 
that's the other part of the plan that we're really trying to work and, and prepare for. Yeah, I saw tomorrow's city city council meetings happening tomorrow. How does that work if if I want to not me the media, but if I the citizen wants to uh, weigh in on something with the city council meeting tomorrow? Well, both you and the media uh, will be able to uh, watch the meeting. Uh, there, there, it is going to be conducted over live stream, so people will be able to to watch that. Uh, our committee uh, meetings are happening right before the council, so that's where, if there's a public hearing or if there is, uh, you know, opportunities for people to uh, share input or feedback, uh, the, the, that's the, the those meetings are still happening and. We are encouraging people to email or to call with their, you know, concerns or questions. But if somebody does want to show up and offer public testimony, the committees will be available to do that. And we'll have, again, hand-washing stations and sanitizing and social distancing that will be uh, in place for anybody that does show up in person. Okay. Um, I think uh, I think we got a caller. I think Bob's calling in. And, Bob, do you have a question for the mayor? If you, if you do, go ahead. I do, yeah. Hey. So uh, I'm an essential worker. I still go downtown. Um, I always have questioned the traffic lights because I get so many reds going through the downtown. And I just figure, oh, I'm hitting traffic wrong. I'm just getting all these reds. But now there's no traffic. The streets are empty. And I'm getting all these reds that are very clearly timed just to hit people who are going a reasonable speed to get every red light as you're going through downtown. I'm convinced if somebody were to run for mayor and say, I'm just going to get these lights timed out so that they're streamlined for you to get from the south side of lacrosse to the north without having to hit every red light, I think that would be a pretty good campaign. So, I don't know. I think one thing I've taken from this is that with empty streets, I'm not able to get anywhere because I'm stopping for no one because of the way these lights are programmed. I just wanted to get some thought as to, is that the way it's intended to be designed, or am I just totally being anecdotal about my The unluckiest guy alive. He's the unluckiest guy alive. Go ahead, Mayor. (laughs) No, no, Bob Bob raises a really good point, and I wish it were a simple fix to be able to do that. The the city is actually in the first phase, so this year we're spending about $300,000 to upgrade uh, traffic signals, cabinets, and then the ability for those signals to talk to each other. Uh, as people are driving around, and, and you can probably notice them, some of the traffic signals that we have are from the 1960s and 70s. I mean, they are they are 40, 50 years old. Uh, it's very difficult to even you know maintain them and operate them effectively because of of how they you know just how old they are. So. It's, I believe, about a million dollars altogether to have the signals be synchronized, and that's something that the city, and I've heard about that actually, I can remember a long, long time ago when I was first driving, uh, I could hear, you know, my dad and others grumble about the the traffic signal timing and and how it never seems to work out. So that is a definitely a, a need that the city has. It's about a million dollars, and, and we're working on that over the course of the next few years to hopefully uh, take advantage of uh, that traffic flow because if we were able to have those lights synced up better than what they are, we'd have a, an ability to actually get more cars through intersections, and and then people you know, like Bob and others wouldn't get so frustrated by having to stop at every signal. And if you're going to do that, you do that right before you run for mayor, right? You click the lights on the day before the vote. Right. That's how Bob would do it. <laughs> yeah. I w- I, again, I wish, you know, with all the other uh, all the other 
uh, you know, pothole repairs and getting things fixed, it, it would be it would be great to, to focus on one thing like that. But uh, but it is in the works. I mean, it is a project that's starting this year, and over the course of probably you know the next two to three years, there'll be a, a lot. It'll be a lot better because the technology and that ability to talk to each signal and to be able to understand you know how many cars are going through those intersections that will all be part of that system so it'll it'll be much better it's just not there well, today I mean, but, that, not, but it has been a problem for decades i mean i know that this has been an issue for a long long time and i, and I think we're we're finally on the right path to get it fixed it's kind of a goofy thing to talk about amid everything else that's going on but how about this since there is no traffic mirror why don't we just turn them on to, to uh, green the one way and, and red the other, or uh, blinking, you know, blinking lights when they're, like, after, what, 3 a.m. when they just blink, since there's not a lot of traffic anyway. Can't we do that right now? Uh, that's a good question. I guess I don't know the specifics, because some of that is uh, because of the state highway situation. We've, we've got to get permissions from the Wisconsin DOT if we're going to be making signal changes on some of those state routes, but... It, I mean, I'm I'm all ears. I, I'd be interested to see what we could maybe uh, what we could do there with a conversation to, to make some of those changes now. Um, yeah, good idea. Um, talking with Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot. If you want to get in here, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. The Sugarloaf Ford talking text line. Just uh, I had this on my list. So speaking of roads. Uh, everything that's going on, it's spring now. This is probably a good time to get out there and fix the potholes. Are you? Do you guys have just the, the regular complement of workers within the city to, to go out and, and fix roads, or are you kind of running a skeleton crew, or can we expect uh, that work to be done? Well, right now, the many of the departments, the, including the streets department, have a modified schedule. So they're, uh, they've got a split schedule. They're trying to keep... Uh, people obviously safe and, and reduce exposure to the virus because the last thing we'd want is, you know, for a whole department, for example, to uh, to get exposed and have people all sick at the same time if, if that, you know, if there is going to be that. So uh, they, they've done some modifications. They are still, though, uh, we have our um, uh, we have our schedule for this year for fixing about six miles of streets, and that's still on schedule, at least at this point. So uh, we will be we you know we'll be doing that work, and uh, that's part of that uh, just the repairs for not only the streets but with many of the utilities, the water and the sewer systems. Those are part of that really has to happen, and we're you know we're still moving forward with those. Yeah, that's a good point. You gotta you kind of gotta almost uh, not, maybe not in pairs but in groups. You know, just have okay, you guys you're gonna work. You know, Bill, Steve, Mary, and, and Sarah, you're going to work, you know, whatever on this stuff. And you you guys will be a team, and you always work together. And, and you kind of like that, so you're not having people mix and match, Correct. I suppose, right? A little bit? Correct. That's right. Yep. Um, all right. So I guess uh, we, I guess we got Scott's comment in the news. Everything goes so fast when you're on here, Mary. So let's go to Scott's comment sure. in the news, and we'll come back. And I've got questions about the lacrosse center, and, and there was a board meeting the other day about how that how that has been affected by this. Uh, the city council meeting is tomorrow night. Uh, you said there's committee meetings as well. There's talk of a council vice president. And I wanted to talk about one other thing, small business relief fund program. I think that's on the docket for the council meeting tonight, uh, tomorrow night. So those are a couple things we'll talk about after the break. Here's Scott's comment in the news.
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, Mayor Tim Cabot on the phone with us this hour, 608-785-7914, the Sugarloaf Ford Talk and Text Line. Tim Cabot made his, I don't know, Tim, was that your Fox debut? I said that earlier in the show, but I just want to, I want to clarify, was that the first time you've ever been on Fox News? I, I believe so. Okay. I, I don't. Can't think of another time. Unless maybe you were just in the background sometime and you you weren't interviewed, but that, but that was yeah. that was pretty interesting. Uh, just uh, you know, part of that, uh, you and and ten, uh, nine other mayors across the the state, uh, just asking to essentially cancel yesterday's vote in person anyway. Uh, but moving on from that, we we hit on that uh, the first half of the hour. If anyone wants to listen to that, go wisdomnews dot com and look for the podcast uh, a little bit after the show. Uh, what do you want to hit first here? I guess the the tomorrow your the city council and council committees meet. Uh, one of the things on the docket is to have a city council vice president. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Is that something that would happen tomorrow? You would vote and and have that, and then that would be. Some, and then what happens after that if we agree to have one? Well, we we've got some some. You got the late breaking news here because we've made some changes when we were looking at the the succession planning for uh, for the city's operations. If, if the mayor is incapacitated or, or not available, you know, those, the, those duties and the council president becomes the acting mayor. And then we started to look at, well, what happens then after if, if both the mayor and the council president are uh, not available or, or aren't able to do those duties. So uh, originally or, or we were thinking that it would be, the position or, or another position that could be created to do that. But, you know, lo and behold, as we're digging through our emergency plans and, and, and having those conversations, our, our current rules allow for uh, the mayor to appoint, in essence, two successors after the council president. So we made a change to that agenda um, uh, late today to withdraw the legislation about the the vice president, because it's really not needed, and then to appoint the, uh, I'm going to recommend appointing our fire chief and police chief as those successors after the council president, because that's, in essence, what our emergency management plan states, is, is those two positions are our emergency managers. So, um, you know, the whole idea of uh, uh, the civics lessons that are kind of going on right now in a, in a whole number of avenues uh, you know, and city operations is is part of that too. Uh, we do have a very active emergency management plan, but you don't necessarily think of, uh, you know, the what happens if both the mayor and the council president are are not available. So we're working on that, and, and hopefully we'll have that done for, and the council can act on that uh, at tomorrow night's meeting. Okay, I I got a text from Ken Gilliam right now. He says, "Wait a minute, the fire chief is going to be behind the police chief. He is very disappointed, and he thinks he should be next in line after the council president." No, I'm just kidding. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So uh, we got a couple of calls. I think. Uh, I think is it? No, I forgot who it was. Whoever it was, Grant, who was waiting on. We hold. uh we just lost Steve. He jumped off just about ten seconds before we could get to him. But we do have both Eric and Sparta and number three on the line, Rick. If you want, uh, if All you right. want to talk to either. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to number three. That'll that'll make Eric enrage Eric from Sparta. But number three, I know lives in Lacrosse. So number three, go ahead. You're on with the mayor. This uh, Doctor Rick Solom. <laughs> Not yet, just just regular. Right? I, I heard you were the per, uh, uh, science professor for WIZM Radio. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. Anyway, Mr. Mayor, I think you better put a cap on some of this spending. The way the country's going, the way the city's going downtown, I think we're going to need some money 
later on after this is all over with. And a cap on what spending? Beg your pardon? What spending is a that? A cap on what spending? Well, I, I see we're spending like we're going to spend a half a million dollars on uh, Burns Park down there. <clears throat> we're going to redo Riverside Park. We're doing King Street for a half a million dollars. We might need this money when this is all over with. Well, I, I will say, I mean, the the, the number three is, is probably not going to like my answer, but, you know, spending on parks and infrastructure is, is something that cities should be doing. Uh, and the the whole notion of, of what's essential and, and what's, um, you know, what's critical at these times, you know, people can debate that, but uh, our spending is the lowest it's been in a long time. Our budget for this year that we adopted at $68 million is lower than the budget, I believe, going back more than uh, 10 or 12 years. Uh, so when it comes to total spending, the city has dramatically reduced that, and yet we've still been able to hire more police officers and firefighters and people in the streets department. Um, we have certain plans, and and I, I get there are people out there that don't want us to spend any money on anything other than fixing potholes and, and police and firefighters. I get that. But the vast majority of people that I talk to appreciate having a high quality of life here in our city. That includes libraries and parks and spending on the lacrosse center and, and you know, really trying to have a full-service community. So uh, I understand there's, there's trepidation about that. The city has a, a rainy day fund of, of about, uh, I think it's 13 or $14 million, that if we need to tap into that for emergencies, you know, the, the city council can definitely do that. And, uh, you know, I think the way that we've managed our budget and, and the fiscal discipline that we've showed the last, you know, seven, eight, ten years has been very, very good, and we would look to continue that. Uh, we are going to see dramatic changes in how much room taxes and, and the state's going to see a downturn in the sales tax. We, we understand that. Uh, and we're working on those plans to adjust our expenses. But I've not heard anybody say yet that we need to be, you know, doing layoffs or, or reducing the, the amount of, of people that are working on the front lines to, uh, you know, to, to make sure that we're safe. So it's, it's a balance. And as this, you know, hopefully the stronger that we can stay together and stay home, the quicker we'll be able to get back to and rebound and, and start to get back to normal. Did you say the rainy day fund was 13 to 14 million? Yes, I believe so. Okay, so at, at what point would you guys start and maybe you are, I don't I don't know. At what point what point would you guys start dipping into that and for what things would you dip that into? And I'll just add this to the conversation, maybe they're two separate things, but you guys are discussing a small business relief fund program for the uh, tomorrow night at the at a city council or committee meeting. So I don't know if those two things would be related, but um, yeah, go ahead. Well, we, we have, for the small business relief program, we're looking at, so uh, there are some uh, funds, our existing funds that we're reprogramming. So we're going to change the purpose of what we were looking at uh, and, and change that to offer uh, these small grants to our businesses because we feel very strongly that even though at the federal and state level, they're providing programs to help out. Not every business here in La Crosse is going to qualify for those, so we're going to try to help fill the gaps if we can. Uh, the, the the source of funds for that is not coming out of our 
our reserve fund. Uh, the reserve fund is really meant for, you know, significant emergencies or, or catastrophes that uh, that would require, you know, those funds to keep city operations going. So at least at this point, you know, we've got a budget. And when I have spoke to the governor and legislators about our shared revenue and those types of things, the state aid, uh, you know, I think everybody's in the same boat trying to make sure that we can meet all those obligations. Uh, if this thing somehow goes, uh, you know, very significantly uh, in, a, in a bad direction, you know, that's really what those emergency funds are for. But at least at this point, we've got a contingency fund that we build into our budget every year, and we're tapping into those contingency funds, for example, to, you know, to look at additional equipment that we've had to purchase and, and cleaning and sanitizing that we've been doing. And, uh, you know, the hope is that we can get through this, uh, especially if, if our experience is similar to what other countries have seen where you've got, you know, a few months of, of challenges and then things start to uh, improve. Now, is everything okay over there, Mayor? I hear the dog barking. Is there an intruder? Yeah. Are we good? No, that was just another dog walking on the sidewalk, so I <laughs> apologize for that. No, it's great. No, I'd rather have, uh, I'd rather have dogs in the background. It makes it, it, makes it more, more real, the, the, the fact <laughs> that, hey, we're doing this social distancing. This is how things are getting done. Um, with the, That's right. Um, I don't know if these things are related. I'll just throw this out too with the emergency fund. Uh, you know, the, the obviously we 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 are doing well as a as a as a city as a county in social distancing. We only have twenty four, I guess, only if you want to call it that. Twenty four cases have come in. Seventeen have reco- uh, recovered. We have one new case today. Um, I don't. I don't. I have no idea. But I I wouldn't anticipate this would happen. But if if we had to like create some kind of like quarantine area, you know, in, in Washington state, they're building hospitals on like football fields or not, maybe not hospitals, but like something as a secondary relief area for, for COVID victims and or, or people recovering or, you know, stuff like that. Do, does lacrosse have a plan like that? And would maybe, maybe like, I, I think uh, a couple of people have mentioned this, Hey, there's three shop in the city, in the area. And there's a, there's a, there's a Kmart in the city that are all empty if we really had to, you know, if, if the pandemic grew to, to something where we'd have to use those buildings. Um, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Do you guys have like some kind of plan like that? Yes. The, the, uh, that's all part of that emergency management operations that, that are going on. So between our uh, police and fire, their connections with our folks at La Crosse County Health and the hospitals, uh, those communications to uh, to identify the needs and then to make plans and preparations if, if we would get to that point. You know, hopefully that's not the case, but uh, they are preparing for those scenarios. And, uh, the, you know, they've been reaching out to the universities, to uh, the hotels and motels and other places around our community to make sure that we do have adequate facilities. So that is all part of the planning and it's, you know, uh, I think it's been said before, uh, it's better to, to, to over plan and, and in some ways be viewed as overreacting and have nothing bad happen than, than uh, not having a good plan and then being in a, in a very tough situation. So we're, we're trying to learn, you know, from those other communities out, out on the East Coast and West Coast and what their experience has been. And uh, I feel very confident our our teams between police and fire and then all of our other emergency managers here in parks and 
forestry and, and uh, finance and legal and all of the support that's going on, uh, that they're doing a, a great job to prepare for these scenarios. All right, I'm going to do this to you, Tim. Uh, Eric from Sparta has been waiting on hold patiently. Eric, you got a question for the mayor? Yes, I do. Um, with all due respect to you, Mayor, uh, this is a epidemic. And I was wondering, does the city have any plan besides building roads, filling potholes? Why don't they, they, number one priority, in my belief, is to protect the citizens. It's an airborne disease. Does the city have any plans to procure any masks to distribute the population of La Crosse? This is important. It's a, at least a sense of security at a minimum. And I can't, I don't have a sewing machine. I can't make the things. Some people do, but I'm just asking that. Do they have any plans to distribute masks? That will keep the people safe and give them a sense of security. All right. Thanks for the call, Eric. Uh, Mary, so, are you going to give out masks to everybody? Of, well, yeah, that is part of the planning that's going on right now. The the folks are identifying the needs for that that protective equipment, and we have a donation site that's set up in the city as well for people if they are making masks or if they are uh, you know, if they do have uh, uh, gloves and those things that they can donate, that they can provide that. But, you know, the first priority, of course, and things that we're coordinating with is any available masks, and especially the N95 masks and, and that those levels are going to our healthcare providers and the hospitals and to our first responders so that uh, they are protected as they're dealing with these, these challenges. And then the you know the whole notion of can we uh, acquire enough supply to provide a, a mask or to provide masks and gloves to everybody in the city is something that we're looking into. But just like everywhere else, there are limited supplies, and so they're they're really you know scouring available uh, uh, places to see where they can uh, you know where we can get our hands on on this equipment. So yes, in an ideal world, we would have. Uh, those types of of masks and gloves available for everyone, but uh, that is not something that we have today. It is something that we are working on. All right, we're going to take another quick break, but uh, there's something to think about here. Uh, libertarian guy texts in a question, and we'll answer it when we come back, but how does the mayor intend to help real estate taxpayers in the city of La Crosse in light of the COVID-19 pandemic? Would, uh, would you, mayor, like to waive the penalties and interest for any late payments, or is it just going to be nothing? So we'll t- we'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, in a minute, right here on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. About five minutes to go here with Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot. Uh, I just mentioned this right before the break, and I'll just read it again, Tim. We'll get right to it because we only have a couple minutes here. But uh, how do you intend to help the the taxpayers, real estate taxpayers in the city, uh, with this whole pandemic, uh, with the penalties and and interest for late payments? Uh, do you got an answer for for Libertarian guy on the text line? Yes, I'm in favor of waiving the penalties and interest. The uh, that requires state action, though. the The local municipality is not allowed to make changes to the property tax installments or to waive those penalties and interest. But I know in our conversations with the state legislature, there's interest at their level to uh, put forward legislation which will give the local governments the ability to waive those penalties and interest. I've even heard of uh, one of the versions of the bill that they're circulating right now would would the the state would step in and just waive all those penalties and interest. So I I do, uh, and I've had uh, requests and, you know, people calling with those concerns. I do support that because I think 
uh, that's the least that can be done in this time is is to uh, help people out with those penalties and interest because I know that there are folks that are having challenges and and we have two more installments here in La Crosse uh, on May 31st and then July 31st are the final two installment payments so hopefully the state will get their act together and and um, meet and and have some uh, direction uh, on that so that we can work with our our local taxpayers here. Okay. Um, With the city council meeting tomorrow, and I know we hit this a couple of times, but I think it's important for small business uh, owners out there. Um, How important, I guess, how important is it for them to to maybe get online and and watch this meeting tomorrow to see what happens with uh, what's on the docket with the small business relief fund program? Well, I do. I do encourage people to to uh, connect and, and watch the meeting uh, via the the live stream. Uh, I, I believe there's strong support for the relief program that the city is putting together. Uh, we've had, I believe, over a hundred businesses contact us, uh, wanting to be involved if if the city is going to be providing uh, relief. And so, I think our biggest challenge is going to be probably. Uh, the three hundred and fifty thousand dollars that we're proposing are you know that's not going to be enough, and we'll have to look at uh, probably additional measures going forward. but uh, uh, but I do think there's strong support and uh, you know look mm-hmm. forward to the council voting on that. Is it a matter of uh, having donors uh, donate into this thing to to increase that funding? Well, uh, we we are look we will be you know if the if the three hundred fifty thousand dollars goes very fast we'll be looking at other alternatives or or additional funds to to look at uh, continuing the program I'm not sure that that's maybe a little bit down the road I, I don't know quite uh, where we would look to secure additional funds but uh, but first things first I think we get the vote taken care of uh, at the council meeting tomorrow and then. Uh, see the interest and 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 hopefully uh, if we do need a, another uh, a, a, you know a second round we'll we'll be able to find those monies but we're we're always looking for you know ways to leverage our dollars as best as we can. Okay, you guys, uh, you were re- reassessed home values. Uh, what was that a year ago or sometime in the, maybe in the last year or so? Would that would would you guys be reassessing home values again based on you know how how everything's been impacted? Well, that, that's a good question. I don't know that anybody uh, totally understands the impact yet. I mean, we're, we're not doing we, – we did a, a revaluation of the residential properties, and that went into effect uh, about a year ago. It was last April. Uh, there isn't any, um, you know, sort of citywide revaluation that would be happening this year. So, uh, you know, so, so that's not – it's going to be – it's not going to be like it was last year with, with a large citywide effort, but – I'm not quite sure of what this is going to do to property values. I mean, I think that's anybody's guess at this point. I think Lacrosse still has a very strong real estate market, but uh, we'll have to see what the the impacts of the virus are, and, uh, and that might take you know a few months, honestly, or even the better part of a year to, to sort out. Yeah, definitely. And you're running. I'm sure you're running skeleton crews, and and that's probably not like the biggest priority. I could be wrong. Maybe that is a pretty big priority, but. Um, all right, Mayor, I think that's all the time we got. Thanks a lot for joining us, and, uh, you know, stay safe out there. All right, that was uh, Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot. Tomorrow we're going to have Viterbo University professor, political science professor Keith Knutson on the phone, so get your questions ready for him. We'll, I'm sure we'll hit this vote again. Thanks, guys.